0: Welcome to RSN's Racing Pulse.
1: But Skirt the walls in front and Skirt the walls all too good. Skirt the walls one by length of the half second. Rocket Horse, Rocket Horse has won it. Alligator Blood holding on. The Alligator win. Zaki holding on. Zaki back to back. Zaki wins it. On the outside, Fashion Legend. Latest yellow brick. The inside, Fashion Legend. Yellow brick. Fashion Legend's one from yellow brick. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Gold Trip wins it in a real stage for the
0: ages
2: running, 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 running. For the next three hours the breaking racing news, the stories, opinion, the mail, and the people who make racing happen. here's Michael
0: Felgate.
3: Good morning and welcome to Racing Pulse on this Monday, the 6th of February. We are live from the Cranbourne Training Complex. We are in the cafe at the moment as we are watching the third of the important trials be completed here this morning. All the superstars are in action. The Autumn Festival of Racing Stars we've just seen literally go across the line as I'm doing the introduction. uh, The... Favorite or one of the favourites for the Blue Diamond, the instructor just getting shaded by Ana Visto in heat number three. We've already seen the Melbourne Cup win a gold trip who returned really nicely in a first trial, finishing second to Perth Sand. And where we are, it's almost the nerve centre. This is where all the trainers congregate to watch each and every trial. A little later today, we'll have Giga Kick, we'll have I Wish I Win, and we'll also have Cool and Gatter. So we'll keep you across all the superstars who are trialling, and we'll speak to all the major trainers as well. Uh, obviously, Clayton Douglas, Mick Price. We'll try and get hold of Peter Moody a little later. We'll have Kieran Ma as well. So we've got plenty of news from the trials this morning, and there's plenty to talk about over the weekend as well. In Sydney, what about the performance of half Cabin? Is he the best three-year-old in the land? What will the future hold for him? And did the two-year-old picture become any clearer with the running of the chairman's at Sandown as well? Plenty of issues to discuss. There's a lot of discussion about Darren Weir. Should he come back? Will he apply for his licence? We'll talk about that as well. And the two best in the business to do it, are Matty Stewart and Mick Sharkey, who are here already. Mick Sharkey's had a pie. He's had an egg and bacon roll. Uh, Matty Stewart's been a little bit more restrained. But how are you, gentlemen?
2: Very well, Michael. Yeah, this is my new regime. It's very hard to resist the bacon and egg sandwiches here. Um, Sharky fell straight into it, of course, without any um, sort of strength of character uh, that I've
4: been showing because I had a bowl of porridge this morning, part of
2: my new regime.
4: I was up at five and I've done a run and a yoga session, so I was hungry, Matthew. There's no (laughs) pies here, Michael, at this time of day. That's just (laughs) ridiculous. But the egg, bacon and cheese number... Uh, it's been a while since I've had one down here at the cafe. I haven't been to track work or trials for quite some time, so it was nice to be uh, reacquainted with that little delight. Exactly, and a lot of keen eyes
2: on these jump-outs. Uh, because of the timing of them, it's it's not make or break, but it's, it's a big step, isn't it? Uh, you saw Gold Trip go through his gears. They'll be thinking... Okay, good. He's back. We can look, aim up at whatever Kieran's going to tell us about later, whether it's Australian Cup or whatever. And Barb Raider was—I thought she looked really, really good. Because you just always with mares too, Shark. You always think, Ah, oh, if they come back, if they come back. Barb Raider. I think Jerome Hunter will be really happy that she's ticked this box today. And yeah, she's an absolute star. Like, what a gift. What a. If we talked to Jerome this morning, too, you know, those sort of horses for trainers like him who are mm. uh, sort of emerging, if you like, um, just so important. Barb Rader, and she looked really good this morning.
3: And, and we just saw the instructor, who's one of the favourites for the Blue Diamond. Um, it was a, a, a hard troll, a firm troll, uh, even pulled out the persuader at one stage and a visco had it covered and uncle Bryn on the inside they've three of them have gone across the line locked together but certainly a hard hit out from the instructor taking on the older horses oh,
4: excellent trial given that he's a inexperienced two-year-old colt running against a stakes winning five-year-old mayor and a stakes winning what five or six-year-old gelding and uncle Bryn. so thrown into the uh deep end, I guess you'd say, against older, bigger, stronger horses, I and mean, he's going really, really well. If you're a star watcher, you know,
2: going to yearling Sales is a good place to, if, you, if you're really into sort of rubbing shoulders with the, the elite, the, you could do worse than sit in the corner of this cafe, couldn't you? Like, every... A who's who, candidate, uh, you know the superstar jockeys, the the familiar trainers, and so on. So sitting in the corner here and earwigging is
4: is is a quite an entertaining thing to do. Show. Yeah, saw when I walked in, Neil Bainbridge wandering around and obviously uh, seeing a few of the trainers, Robbie Lane, yeah, in the singlet, yeah, shorts, yeah. right back into it, yeah. smile on his face, yeah, yeah, just to charge to see, him through that?
2: the surf in the middle of July in that singlet uh, in uh, at Carrum Beach, Robbie Lane. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so um, there's plenty more jump out trials to come as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it's such a. This is just as interesting as the precipice of spring, the precipice of autumn, isn't it? We've got the ore on Saturday, Jamie Carr's decision. Um, this is business, heavy business time in, in racing in Melbourne, isn't it? There's
3: no doubt about that. And there's a bit of news in regards to the CFO stakes as well. And Alligator Blood went to Mooney Valley this morning for a piece of work, and they've decided to bypass. The all. Uh, I did think that trial last week at Geelong. It he didn't wasn't as sharp as what we maybe expected, and they think he's a run behind. So they're going to wait and go first up into the futurity, give him another hard hit out. So it now means that that loses an element on Saturday. You've got Jack and I. You've got I'm thunderstruck. Um, Tuvalu yeah. in the C4 on Saturday so it'll be interesting to see how many horses we eventually have there and other news we'll have a chat to Cindy Alderson this morning but she was talking to us saying that um, not surprisingly they're, they're going to bypass the Oakley Plate focus on the William Reed yep. but go through the Rubiton on Saturday and yep. even Julius Sander who I saw out here he's going to stick his head a little later in uh, said that the plan was to go first up in the Oakley Plate with Lofty Strike he's just going so well he's going to run in the Rubiton on Saturday mm-hmm. as well
2: I'm not surprised about that. You know, this it, there's only one winner of the Oakley Plate. It's a crazy, mad race with a lot of Technic, traffic and so it? on. It's it's irresistible, but it's also very resistible, I reckon. There's always a softer option than going running crazy in an Oakley Plate. I so. reckon Jigsaw would have run in the Oakley Plate if it was at Caulfield. Probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I think the interesting things that you just mentioned were... Alligator blood danced every dance in the spring. It'd be yeah. interesting
4: to see if it's caught it's up. It's the with first him. thing I thought of when I read yeah. that article. You yeah. Know, it's it's hard for them. Even how, even him, who's the is. toughest horse. Yeah, yeah. It's so difficult for them to just keep turning up and I reckon, come back again another prep off a short turnaround.
2: I reckon by the this is a grab. I reckon this mm. is this is one to. This is pre-play. your grab. This is it. Yeah. I think Tuvalu's going to take a gigantic step forward. I think he's going to be a real dominant on pace, whatever they're running him him in and whoever they run against. And possibly Blinkers on. Yeah, Blinkers. Lindsay Smith knows he's got a a serious group one horse and it's taken him a while to get there because of those weird things that happened to him. I I think this is going to be the launch of of Tuvalu. I I I think I'd like to see him step out a bit. I'd love to see him get to an Australian Cup. I'd love to see him in that Durbridge on pace role, wait for age. I think he can do that.
3: Um, we'll have a chat to Mick Price. Um, it'll be interesting to see which way he's leaning. Jack and O fitness, thunderstruck, class, trailed beautifully. Just ha- look out the window there, boys. There's Giga Kick, there's I Wish I Win, making their way onto the course. Giga Kick looks magnificent. I Wish I Win's a beast. And Peter Moody's a one-man band this morning. He's strapping and doing everything. So we might have to get him on the phone a little later, but we will get an update on I Wish I Win because it is the hot trial, which is the next one up, where... We've got the likes of Cool and Gatter, uh, I Wish I Win, Giga Kick, uh, Extreme Flight all going around in this one jump out. And I Wish I Win's the fascinating horse of the autumn for mine. Peter Moody is still planning, I think, to go maybe first up in a new market. He had almost toyed with the fact of maybe you've been thrown in and on for the Lightning first up as well, which is probably going to be a, a bit of a small field. Nature Strip's going to be there. There's no giga kick. There's no in secret. So the Lightning may end up being a field of five or six.
2: Well, I reckon if he runs in the Lightning, it's a tick over run. If he runs in the new market first up, it's it's targeted to win. I think there'd be two different strategies there with I wish I win. Yeah. I still can't believe that photo of his leg when he was a, yeah. a weanling. It's amazing how some horses, when they overcome extreme adversity, it, it can steal them up a bit. I don't know whether Mick Price has had any of the, but I remember Northerly was born dead basically uh, I wish I wins leg and like if they can square, overcome it? it yeah it was terrible mm. if they can overcome it then maybe there's uh, uh, Barclay Square had a terrible incident as a young horse and, and got through it and then was a tough horse from that moment on
4: Good to see Mick Price. Speaking of Mick clean, clean-legged, <laughs> Mick Price. No, I'm not oh, very clean-legged. He's,
2: he's always
5: had good legs, Mick Price. Oh, what, sorry? A <laughs> um, couple of knee-ops. <laughs> too many bike falls. It's just train you on the correct. beach. Yeah, T6, T8, shoulder blade. Can fall,
2: can fall off a bike or a motorbike. There's nothing about it. that. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking
3: of uh, how you are physically, how is inundation physically after Saturday?
5: So we just had Laura Nath there do an ECG and uh, ultrasound for about an hour and uh, he's got no structural abnormality or damage there. Obviously he had a uh, severe atrial fibrillation so he's got to do a few things. He's definitely going out, He's going out for six weeks and we've got to take urine, blood... Uh, Look for a heart enzyme in there as a sign of damage. But um, he's got normal rate and rhythm this morning, so it has bounced back. It bounced back Sunday morning also. But he's got to go out six weeks, and if we find a bad um, heart enzyme, he's got to go out for three months. But, um, yeah, unfortunate. But uh, they they can bounce back from it.
4: Have you got the actual fibrillation stuff? It's sort of common... Enough punters are aware of it, yeah, it but is. have you ever had one that's reacted that badly?
5: No, no, I have Was it not.
4: worrying, like yeah, just to see the horse like that?
5: Uh, absolutely, it is, and it's also worrying when Jamie Carr says, "I nearly got off and walked him back." Wow. Well, you know, she can feel the a lack of coordination underneath her, so that is not a good thing. No,
2: I remember um, Edward Cummings as mayor. That happened early Julius. on in its prep, but it just never it never got back on track really Jewish, did it? So, hey Mick, the baby picture this year, I reckon most people are still waiting for something to really thrust its hand in the air. Like within your camp, have, how, how are you assessing your squad this year compared to previous years?
5: Definitely Charmstone. Yep. She's the uh, standout for us. She's a very mature, she looks like a three-year-old. She uh, raced well in the spring, won a group three, had a break and she wasn't trained off you know what I mean? So that was a really good sign and she was quite burly last spring. She's got a bit of a, a, a better trimmed up athletic sort of body on her now. So she's having her last bit of work tomorrow with uh, a, an extreme choice filly called Extreme Threat. They're going to sand down. So Mark Zara has committed to the um, Prelude and 55 kilos in the Blue Diamond. Really? 55 kgs. She a, must yeah. be going well. Yeah. No, no party for Marky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bigger commitment for him than some, I th- I'd say. Uh, hey, um, what's your gut feeling, Thunder Jack and and what's your gut feeling, Thunder Re? How much Thunder will impress Jamie Carter to choose Thunderstruck in an All Star Mile?
5: Well, uh, look, we're just going. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, look, she's got a um, outstanding relationship with Zaki, mm. albeit yeah. that she's one on Thunderstruck too. But uh, look, it's sort of a race by race thing. But uh, he's going great. He's uh, quite fit. Jackano's fitter because he's had a run and he's that sort of horse. So if I'm Thunderstruck was to get to the finishing post and just peter out a little bit, I'll cop that sweet. But he won't. Be, he's not far off them. So uh, we're going to keep the normal gear on him, and uh, hopefully he can bounce and be a little bit more tactical than he was in a few starts last spring. This is the
2: David. If is going to beat him, this is the, this is the opportunity, yeah. isn't
5: it? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But Jackanoe's on a uh, different path. Jackanoe's got the two 1,400-meter group ones, and then um, I'm Thunderstruck goes to the uh, All-Star Mile and the Queen Elizabeth. So that's his four runs. I don't think we'll be doing much more with him, and then he'll come back and... Uh, have a uh, another look at the Cox Plate. That, that program, which may be a different program.
4: That'll be the making of the horse, that last spring preparation. He's always been super talented, but to, to go the way he did in a yeah. Cox Plate and everything else, has he come back Beza, can you say that at this point of his career?
5: Oh yeah, look you know what, those Kiwi horses and all horses, all good horses just improve that little 5% from you know, 3 to 4, 4 to 5 5 to 6, they all just get that little small percentage better in my experience, the good ones, Mm. so look, he's a a warrior of a horse, you know, he's a... um, good season tough racehorse, and he's beautiful sound clean going horse and uh, we don't have any dramas with him you know he a big set of lungs and uh, he'll, he'll be in the finish on Saturday.
2: Not that he has to because he's won 10 million or whatever but do you think <laughs> with that season by season thing that he he may develop a, a habit of sitting a bit closer maybe? Is there, is there scope well, for Well we, him want, to, to, we yeah. want him to, yeah. we want
5: him to it was not our intention last spring to get back so many times but uh Look, as Mark said, he was dictated to by a couple of bad gates. So, you know, and he didn't want to rub out of the gates and have him overdoing it. You know, Mark rides. He rides with a good pair of hands and uh, a beautiful sense of timing. But um, you know, when you're dealing with a fit alligator blood and Zaki and those horses who are up front, and you're out the back, and you know you've got good riders stacking them up, then it's very difficult to run sectionals that allow you to make all the ground and then go past good horses. So, you know, um, All-Star Mile, hopefully we're a bit more forward, and then we go to the Queen Elizabeth, which hopefully is not a bog, and, um, you know, we can be a little bit more forward there also.
2: Is that as good as you've seen him trial the other week,
5: do you think? Yeah, it is. It is. I wasn't expecting him to bounce the last hundred. And he did, and he did trial super. Yeah, he tried really good.
2: That hoping it's not a bog in the Queen Elizabeth, that relentless pattern they have up there, does that start to affect even medium-term planning, assuming that it's most likely to be wet up there?
5: Look, uh, he handles a bit of bad ground, uh, but the last year's Queen Elizabeth, which was an yep. afterthought for us after we got beat in the Doncaster, it was bottomless. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, he'd never been on it. I. You know, In hindsight, I wouldn't have run him, but he's still quite brave in game. He'll handle some sort of bad ground. I mean, he only got beat in the Doncaster when Huey Bowman got off when Brightside beat him, and he said, look, I've ridden this horse on top of the ground. I've ridden it on bad ground. He said, he's definitely a better horse on top of the ground, but he got beat ahead in the Doncaster, you know. So, hey,
3: we're about to watch the troll in the morning here, and you're an interested observer like we all are. Giggy kick, I wish I win, cool and gatter. We'll, we'll take the last couple of hundred metres live, but... What moods is trying to attempt with? I wish I win. Maybe first up in the new market, uh, Mick. Is that like an old-fashioned
5: uh, training uh, well assignment? If Bart had it, that's what he'd be doing. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? yeah. You know, he'd be sitting out the back and um, and uh, having a rush up late, wouldn't he?
2: Hey, Mick. This generation of weight-for-age horses, like Thunder. You go back to Pompey Ruler, who was banging around against El Segundo and so on. Did you? Do you think? It's as good a generation as that, that generation when you had Pompey Rua,
5: that top level oh, horse. Look, I think um, Zaki and Alligator Blood and Thunderstruck, you know, they're all warriors, aren't they? Yep. They've um, you know done a few kilometres between them.
3: Let's just take the last couple of hundred metres. Giga Kick in front with Cool and
6: Patience veering to the outside leads around the bin, Giga Kick and Cool and Gatter on the fence, a length away. Then came Extreme Flight. They were followed by I Wish I Win under a Good Grip and back on the fence then would have been Antarctic Ocean. Cool and Gatta doing it comfortably at the moment. Past the two hundred, more than the length in front of Giga Kick, rolling home sweetly. And I wish I win starting to make up good ground, but Cool and Gatta goes on and wins by two lengths on the line. Second giga kick, three quarters away. I wish I win, both of those horses. In fact, all three trialing really well. Touch of patience, extreme flight, and the last about, about that,
3: all three trialed really well. I think you'd be happy if you uh, had any of those, especially. I <laughs> Gee, I wish I win. win. <laughs> yeah. That was only an 800 metre trial. Geez, yeah. it revved up nice the last 100, Mick.
5: It, was, uh, it augurs well for Mood's plan, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think, is it, is it Lightning?
3: Also? Well, he's playing up with the idea of maybe going to the Lightning as well as all first up in the new market. So it could be first up Lightning. Where he'll take on Nature Strip or go
5: into a new market first. Off. Oh, for a million dollars, he's probably not going to be sitting at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: exactly. Mick, I've got terrible memories of names, but I know the one by so you think that uh, you ran in the weight for a race. You won a couple of those races in Adelaide, uh, and then and then you put him out. Oh, elation. Elation. What's the story there?
5: Okay, so he's had a tie back. He's had a successful tie back. Uh, he makes no inhalation noise, and uh, in the morning he'll go on the grass and run five home and improving 600 metres. So he's at that stage where he's a couple of weeks off. I haven't got a race picked out for him, but um, he hasn't missed a beat. He is not gross. We kept him light during his three months out, and it'll be i think you'll get to the point where you'll just have to wait until race day pressure to see what happens mm-hmm. yeah okay you know but as far as uh tie back surgery goes very successful at this point
2: um Ayrton, is you a bit of a pinch hitter now
5: no, no, Ayrton's, Ayrton's good well a couple of things uh no to 2000 meters no to bad ground and uh 1400 meter mile will be him so i think there's a race at flemington in about four weeks time for him 1400 meter group three And that will be his style of racing. Top of the ground, 1,400 metre mile.
2: Can you run a Victoria Handicap? Is there a 1,400? I'm thinking a bit further along. Something like Victoria Handicap would be a good race for a horse like him. Yeah, well,
5: look, obviously he needed his time out. I didn't have a lot of time out with him, but he put on as much weight as he could. And um, he's done some uh, dressage work down at uh, Jake Noonan's property uh, with his lovely wife on him. And uh, he looks beautiful. He's a shocker. What, what's his target? He's a shocky. He, he's a shocker. He is first up in the Blamey. He is a nomination for the All Star, which, highly unlikely, but he'll go into the Blamey and then into the Australian Cup. Mm. So the race that Zaki won, De Oliver got off. I know he's a hundred to one, but De Oliver did get off, he said, "Look, if he doesn't hang out." He picks up the winner, so <laughs> no, no, he would. But I remember he, you... he's a clown of a horse. We were yeah. doing. He is a clown of all us. But he
2: win. He'll su- he'll surprise one day. In one well,
5: he's capable of winning a good race. Yeah.
2: Hey, can I just go sideways slightly? We spoke to the head of Pony Club Australia on the radio the other day about the dominance of females at Pony Club level, and I know you've always been a fan of girls coming through that equestrian sort of background, and it doesn't surprise me that it's, it's, it's parlayed into a huge amount of female participation in racing, that the starting point is basically a female-only sort of thing. When I was a kid, it was 50-50. Have you, you, have you got, you've had your, did your girls go to Pony Club?
5: All my girls went to Pony Club, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it was strongly that way? girls?
5: Oh yeah, look um, I think um, Australian boys are a bit lazy they, they, you know, they don't uh, get up, they don't have the same passion and the same emotion for ponies you know, little girls and ponies mm. um, I don't know what boys do these days, play footy maybe, hopefully, get off their uh, machines, <laughs> you know Hey, we've got to go, but one last one
3: difficult question to end with, a lot of talk today about Darren Weir, his time is up, should he get re speak in your opinion?
5: Ah, uh, look, he's got a couple of uh, jumps to jump before that question can be answered, doesn't he? Mm. Mm. So it's not over yet. Yep.
3: Hey, Mick, good luck in the build-up to the weekend. Can't wait to see the good horses back on Saturday. and Good luck for the rest Thank of the trials. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Mick. Mick Price joining us. Uh, we are live from the Cranbourne Training Complex, and it is great to have your company. Uh, we'll have Clayton Douglas coming up soon after the break and all the other superstar trainers, and we'll look back on what was a big weekend of racing as well.
0: On RSN's Racing Pulse, this is The Verdict.
3: Welcome back to Racing Pulse. We are live from the Crampin' Cafeteria, which is where all the superstars reside, especially after watching some of the best go round in the previous trial, including Clayton Douglas, who joins us after watching Giga Kick. Clayton, great to see you, mate. Hang on, I might even turn your mic on. We'll stop that, that How sound? are you mate? That sounds a lot better. <laughs> Thanks uh, a lot. Gee, look good.
7: Yeah, look really happy. Um, obviously, just first one back and Craig um, Craig was really happy with uh, how he trolled, so very pleased.
3: You get a bit nervous, like uh, he's been to the mountain, literally, but uh, first time that you really want to give him a little bit of a, of a rev up. Do you have some nerves?
7: Yeah, look, obviously with a horse of this quality, uh, you want to be making sure everything's okay and he comes here in good order and he's, he's obviously not too underdone, so um, but no, nah, not not probably too nervous about a jump out at this stage, but um, once we start to wind up, I think the nerves will start to come on a bit. Well, he's a headline act now, isn't he? We talk about the stars that are trialling here. At the start of his last prep,
4: he was just a promising horse. Now he's an Everest winner and one of the best sprinters going around. It's I know people say, oh, do you do anything differently or anything like that? And You probably say, no, you don't,
7: but there's that Weight of expectation now when yeah, he turns 100%. up somewhere. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, um, you know everyone's got their eyes on him, and um, you know you, you don't want him to be trialing badly. So um, you know it was it was good to see him trial really well today. He looked really smooth in his action. He was nice and comfortable. He began well, and um, it was a nice easy trial for his first one back.
2: You can never make assumptions about. What what the good horses are around because they can right. come out quickly. Yeah. This time it reminded me of when Weekend Hustler just went bang bang and then won the the Caulfield Guineas. At this day, yesterday, last year at Sale was when Giga Kick won his maiden. And yeah, I come. don't know, say twelve months down the track, uh, fifteen million dollars later, it's just extraordinary. <laughs> and dethroning uh, uh, Nature Strip as well. Uh, when he won his maiden at Sale, what, what were you, what what did you how did you rate him then compared to what he went on to do?
7: Yeah, look he was very mature. Um, you know, he was he was only a light little fella, he was small, he's not an overly big horse as it is, but he probably didn't have that development and good strength across his hind quarter and stuff that he does now. And, you know, we could have probably pushed onto a diamond at that point. We sort of hummed, hummed an art about it but thought we'd do the right thing and pull up after his first start and you know, we brought him back in a little bit early to have a late two-year-old run just to get him ready so he wasn't too far on the back foot for a three-year-old season and probably paid dividends, um, probably spacing those first couple of runs into his second prep. And and the development he took probably from the Vane to the Danehill um, was enormous. So um, from then on, we knew he was very good.
4: They're the decisions that can make or break a horse, aren't they? You know, you, you know you've got something promising. There's a group one, two-year-old race just around the corner. Ooh, do we push the button and go there? Do yeah. we not?
7: had you gone there you don't know yeah. what that spring preparation might have been like it's well yeah look it would have pushed us onto the back foot pretty quick you yeah. know if he he hadn't ran well in a diamond and he needed to have a break we would have probably not had him ready for a vein stakes and he probably wouldn't have had a smoother prep as as he did last time so yeah as you say um you know people say in racing um you know, you need to be patient and we have been with him and it's probably why, you know, as you, as you know, we're, we're not going to the lightning. We're just going to keep looking after him and, um, you know, this is why this morning it's it's only his first jump out back.
4: As a young well, was,
7: trainer, that's yeah. a decision
4: that I, I guess a lot of people would have gone, let's let's take the group one, let's have a throw up the stumps. Do you credit sort of working with anyone in particular for that patience that you spoke of I mean the ability to sort of just slow, slow up a little bit and say, okay, we might just look after this horse?
7: Yeah, look, obviously you've got to Got a good good team around I me. Mean, um, obviously, with my father and, and Rocket also being being the racing manager of Jonathan Munns. We, um, you know, as well as the vets and everything behind behind our stable. We, we you know we want to have this horse around for a long time. It'd probably be a little bit different if he was a colt. Um, yeah. And we were chasing a, a Group One valuable Group One at two. Um, but you know, he he was a gouting at the time. He just won a maiden. You know, in all seriousness, it was probably going to be crazy to run him in a maiden hmm. straight into a group one at his second start so um you know obviously with that patience that um we give him we've probably been rewarded throughout last spring and um hopefully it, it happens again this time round.
2: can try to imagine you're copying advice off your uncle razor douglas uh, <laughs> not sure how that would go um <laughs> the other thing too about when he first kicked off is just the the, the low expectation last time I heard his sire was in Tunisia or somewhere, Scissor Kick. So was was he the absolute surprise packet? Because he, he didn't bring a lot of black type on the page to the stable or anything like that. He was probably one of the least likely starting point horses of of, of however many you had that season.
7: Yeah, look, he, um, you know, he walked in the stable. He was only little and immature. And, you know, he was only around 400 and a bit over 400 and something kilos. Like, he wasn't a very big horse at all. And, but just did everything right from day one. Um as soon as he started sort of galloping him along he, he just picked it up and knew what he was doing and you know we started to put the acid on him, he kept coping so that's when we, we knew you know a lot of those horses at that point they either they either get it right or they don't and you know you might think you have a nice horse, you take them to the races and they just get it completely wrong but this horse does it very well. So challenge into the tee
3: Joe, is that it? Yep. Just a two run?
7: Uh, that's the two runs at this stage yep. um, there's still a couple of potential options after that but I just want to get through those two and then we'll work it out. And if the rain comes, you wouldn't be
3: concerned about that in Sydney.
7: No, I don't think so. No, definitely not. Um, for what I've seen of him at home, and um, even leading into the Everest, that track work gallop before the Everest was on a real heavy track. Um, you know, I think he really gets through it nicely. So it, it's, you know, it's going to help him pull up as well, um, recover really well. He's not going to be racing on really hard tracks, and and it's going to set him up nice for the spring ahead. Is that the main reason to go to Sydney? A, his biggest performance was right-handed at Randwick, home of the TJ and and the soft ground. Yeah, look, and and to be honest, um, he's had his runs pretty well spaced in the early part of his preparations all the time. So it works out well timing-wise to give him a run in Sydney first up at the thousand, and then it goes a month to the TJ. So it's nice timing for me. I can get him home, get him back. Um, give him a good bit of work and then send him back up for the TJ. Hey. weird to say about an Everest winner, but you get the feeling just hearing about the horse, his backstory, the
4: immaturity, the development it sounds like the best is very much ahead of him
7: Yeah, look, um, you know it's, it's crazy to think that, but yeah. um, you know with even a lot of people who are horsemen and have been around the game a long time, have come up to me and said, you know can't believe how much development this horse has got and that's someone who doesn't know the horse but knowing the horse yeah definitely he's he's developed a lot and even seeing him here this morning like he's he's turned into a, a real strong style of horse so um we're in a good position at this stage and, and looking forward to this preparation
2: and the money's in the bank the little birdie tells me that you no longer have a mortgage
7: <laughs> yeah yeah no longer have how, a mortgage do a mortgage
2: how do you wipe out a mortgage in one fell swoop i wonder maybe a check arrived from sydney <laughs>
7: yeah. yeah 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 might have to get giga kick on my number plate. <laughs> oh i like that i like that
3: um It's a great ride, it's a good story, we can't wait to see him back and unfortunately we're going to have to wait a while to see him back in Melbourne (laughs) though because the Everest is a target in the spring. Probably Uh, a solo Sydney campaign in the spring as
7: well? Yeah, probably potentially. Um, We'll just work that out as it comes but yeah, yeah, we'll sort of just, just keep our eyes along on the first target and take run by run and then go from there and then pack your bag for the World Tour next year <laughs> yeah that'd be right, wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> hey how
3: did your two year old pull up from Saturday
7: yeah look just um, like I said um, you have horses that um, you know they think not they're nice style of horse and they're doing everything right and he just got to the races and got it all wrong there Saturday but he is a nice horse I really like him I think it would all come a bit quick for him he, he really fired up in the run which probably wasn't expected but you know it's a you know, it's well said that um, you have a two-year-old one day and you don't have him the next. It might be a gallop, gallop in between too many for him, but um, he's pulled up well and he'll have a break now and, and you'll see a nicer horse down the track.
3: That was a Perilous Fighter in the Chairman's. Uh, Clayton, always pleasure dealing with you in the media. You've always got time for us, mate, so we wish you all the best. Good to see you kick a kick out in action this morning. Thank you very much. Clayton Douglas joining us here from uh, Cranbourne. Hey, boys, we might take a quick little break. On the other side of that, we're going to hear from Rebecca Shanks, who is the Melbourne foreman for Gay and Adrian Bott. Of course, we saw one of the slipper favourites out here in action a little earlier, the instructor. We'll get an update on Alligator Blood. He went to the valley and worked this morning as well. Plus, we need to go back and talk about the two-year olds at Sand and Half Cabin and a few other issues. I'll get to SMSs as well. Uh, don't forget to have your say. Join the conversation, 0416 50 52. We're live from the and jump Jumpouts.
0: More after this on Racing Pulse. Placing their opinion on the line, it's The Verdict.
3: Great to have your company here, live from the Cranbourne Cafeteria, which is jam-packed. There's a lot of interesting... Uh, nervous owners about to watch their horses huh. jump out here, which was, is absolutely. I'm starting
2: to feel guilty because we stole one of the precious tables, <laughs> and everyone's standing up. So yeah. <laughs> I feel it's a little bit
4: encroached upon. It is absolutely brilliant. We've What's seen in the next heat. There's a thousand. These are all the babies, all I think. The two-year-olds. Oh, so
3: there's a lot of these are the superstars at the moment because they haven't. Uh, done anything so the dream is alive yeah for everyone so, here which is
4: brilliant so you get out of bed to come and watch the two-year-olds have their jump outs because yeah they're all superstars until proven <laughs> otherwise
3: aren't they Hey, speaking of two-year-olds we saw a very impressive two-year-old a little earlier the instructor taking on the older horses and that was in heat number three and the instructor is one of the favorites for the blue diamond from the gate. Waterhouse and Adrian Botstable and Rebecca Shanks is the Melbourne Foreman who has joined us here to talk about not just that but it's been a very busy morning because you've also been to Mooney Valley with Alligator Blood. How are you Rebecca?
6: I'm good thank you, thank you for having me.
3: Uh, first of all the gator, how did he go? At the valley
6: yeah it was a beautiful bit of work this morning he worked with military mission who is a renownedly good track worker so it was it was definitely nice to see them go through the line together
2: was the feeling shanksy that um <laughs> i'm sure shanks-y. It's shanks-y. Yeah. It should be shanksy yeah of course you're it's right, obvious. Yeah. um was the feeling after the <laughs> blood's trial the other week that he was just a little bit behind the eight ball to get going you know in the oar
6: yeah we sort of knew that going in he's He's a very good doer, alligator, so it, it definitely takes a little while to get the weight off of him and he's not an overly good trial horse and he's not overly good track worker either. Um, he's definitely a game day horse, a professional, so we weren't expecting him to go out there and dazzle, especially against an entire field that were up to their second or third trials. So we were happy with how he came through it and he's definitely bounced out of it he's he's feeling good he's he's a lot brighter than he was before the trial so we're really happy
2: we're, he's an extraordinary horse isn't he yeah. with what he's been through with the kissing spine and the length of his career and every single chapter has been a roller coaster ride then you then you look at the, the horse at the center of all of it he's just an amazing animal alligator blood isn't he
6: yeah he's a he's caused a few sleepless nights but <laughs> he's he's a special he's one in a million and and to do what he did last preparation he definitely got over a few speed bumps last preparation as well and we were so proud to end it on that note he's he's come back in great order so excited to go the all-star mile
4: we were musing earlier on that you know such a busy preparation and maybe that's sort of delayed start or maybe it's just sort of taken its toll on him that prep but it sounds like it's maybe the other way that his powers of recuperation and relaxation might sort of mean that he takes that extra bit of work
6: yeah, no, he, he loves his work. He, you never want to back off on the horse, and I think that that's why he's thrived with Gan Adrian. The, yeah. the work's always stayed up to him the entire way through. You know, there's no backing off, and um, the further it gets into a preparation, we found the better he gets and the brighter he is. So the end of last prep, he was just completely flying, and mm. we were so confident going into that Champions Mile. We, we knew we weren't going to get beat.
3: And speaking of Star Mile, the voting opened this morning at 6 a.m., So um, the Gator will get in for sure. He's one of the best credentialed horses, but you'd like to see them vote for him, and he would be one of the most popular horses as well as what he's done. So All Star Mile voting at 6am today, and I know there's a big event at Fed Square today, and coming up a little later on... The Big V, uh, I think Andrew Bensley's going to be out there crossing with yep. all the superstars who are out there building up to the All-Star Mile. And on tomorrow's show, I'm going to have Matt Welsh live in the studio as well, who is uh, General Manager Racing, uh, which will talk a lot about the All-Star Mile. I will come back to the All-Star Mile a little later as well, because there's a few questions on the SMS, which I'll get to. So I'm looking forward to having Matty Welsh talk not just about that, but the proposed changes for the Spring Carnival tomorrow as well. Hey, Vic, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, how long have you been with Go?
6: I've been with Gay for knocking on, the, on a year now, but I'm originally from Perth.
3: And you trained over
0: there?
6: I did, I did. Um, we had a few winners, we didn't have anything too special, but we're pretty proud of what we could achieve and um, it was time to, to step up to the big big leagues and come over here and, and learn what I can and get to learn from two of the best.
3: What, what is it like working with Gay? She's a whirlwind, isn't she?
6: She is, She's. we call her Hurricane Gay sometimes, she's <laughs> She's phenomenal. Um, and I'm just so grateful for the time she's put in. She really, really um, nurtures and, and helps me improve and you can see definitely where um, areas of improvement have, have reached where they need to be. And she's, she puts up a big front, she definitely does, but she's an unbelievably kind person. And, and Adrian as well, he's, he's so great.
4: What would be the, I guess, the biggest things you've learned under Gay and, and Adrian, from a training, like a horse perspective, but also from a, a business perspective and a people perspective?
6: Um, she's she's definitely taught me how to present myself in a lot, um, a lot more mature way. Um, but in terms of horses, I've definitely learnt what what horses can actually tolerate and still perform under. Um, and and the horses are a lot tougher than we may think. Um, and and definitely to, she's taught me how to give a horse confidence. And we've brought some horses through, like perhaps Russian Ronnie or. Um, gold revolver horses like that that mm. probably didn't have a huge opinion on and, and we've seen them perform just based solely on the confidence that they've been able to grasp.
4: And it's interesting you say about the presentation and, and presenting in a certain way because she's renowned for that isn't she from apprentices De- through to staff to <laughs> yeah to getting people I guess polished but the point you make about the confidence in the horses it works the same way with staff doesn't it if you're presenting with confidence and maturity as you say you feel confident about yourself and that shows in your work
6: yeah she really does she she's not someone that knocks you down as as soon as you've done something right or she's proud of you she's she's straight on the phone to toe she's proud of you and adrian's the same they they really are able to nurture people along and mm. and you've seen the people that have moved up um in their own realm like claudia miller she was a track work rider yeah. and now she's a bloodstock agent. Yeah. So, they're definitely able to to help people grow and reach their potential.
2: There was a Melbourne jockey who went up there years ago. Who became very successful. The first thing she did when she saw him was send him to the dentist.
6: So, <laughs> yeah. right. yep.
2: so, so, hey, how does the Melbourne-Sydney dynamic work with the stable? I know you've got about twenty down here, and obviously it's still a big stable in Sydney. And Gaze in the air as we speak to come down. How? I guess it's about a 70-30 ratio of horses, but um, how often is Gay present? I know James Cummings pops up at Flemington quite regularly. Is Gay a regular visitor at the Flemington stable?
6: Yeah, she tries to come down once a fortnight. Um, Melbourne definitely is Gay's focus. She she puts a lot of time and a lot of effort into the Melbourne stable and it's really really a girl's stable. Um, Adrian's got his fair hand, on, fair hand busy in um, Sydney, so Gay definitely um, does all the work and, and does all the programming and everything down here.
3: Just watching uh, heat number five, I think. No, heat number six we're up to now, and that was a, a heat for the two-year-olds, the Colts and Geldings, and it was taken out by Brave Mead from the Mar Eustace stable, who is a son of Brave Smash um, Sharky. looked pretty good there. And, and Be- Well, the third
4: horse was the trial there. Which one was that one? Graham Begg, Mahabra. Oh, okay. Mahabra. Shadow roll? Very, yeah. Mm. Very nice. It ran fourth in the Golden Gift, I think, at its only start, but that was the horse that caught my eye. Okay. Well, Graham's around here, so we might even get
3: him on at some stage. But, Beck, you decided to run your two-year-old, who is one of the leading chances in the Blue Diamond, in one of the Open Age trials this morning to give it a really good hit out. And the instructor, it was almost three going along uh, the finish with Ana Visto and Uncle Bryn. It was a nice, solid trial. Why why was the decision to, to put... The instructor into that heat.
6: Uh, well, he definitely didn't need to run again. We we know we've got a secure spot there in the diamond. We've we've got our um, got our spot. So we wanted to give Tarabo, Tara who's down from Sydney, a crack at the the Colts and Geldings on Saturday. Firstly, but also just to to have a little bit more of a relaxed experience for him. He was a little bit of a larrikin at the races um, last out. So to be able to come here, everything's. It's enough hustle and bustle, but it's a bit more laid back for him and to go out there and give him a bit more confidence and and see where he's at against the older horses. Obviously, it was a a huge achievement to run so close to a Group 1-placed mare who's a five-year-old, and she's well-performed on a wet track and it's probably a little bit wet out there today, so definitely leans in her favour. So we're really happy to see where he's at, make a man out of him and on to the diamond.
2: How does it work with the distribution of the two-year-olds? Because Gay... Did everything has done, everything, but the golden slipper and two year olds is, is really a really big part of her CV. How does she work out which ones hang around in Sydney for golden slipper campaigns and which ones might be best suited to, to Melbourne?
6: Um, the two year olds we've got well in, in the instructor and Aditi, we've had them pretty much the whole way through. Aditi's a Rosemont two year old, so we tend to keep a nice grip on the Rosemont horses down here, um, and the instructor's um, first light, so. We've also had had a quite a good connection down here with the first light, but I think they just and they showed early days how well they did down here. Aditi went to a Maribyrnong trial and and she ran second and she, she was very gallant in defeat. So they definitely proved that they're quite happy here in our little system. Everything goes a bit slower for them down here, and um, I think that I think that it's also just placement. They they know what's going towards a slipper up there. A horse like Tarabo, he he's shown definitely shown enough, but maybe just needed a change of environment to get to his best. So. I think it's just knowing the horses and knowing where they're going to be happier. Jane well, be...
2: hasn't been afraid to go uh, diamond slipper as no. well, like, to, to have a crack at both. Well, I think,
6: so. is, is the diamond the one,
4: the one major race she hasn't really won? Yeah,
6: we're yeah. yet to win a diamond and yet to win a cox plate, I think. That's
4: amazing, really, when you think about it, that such a prolific trainer of two-year-olds mm. hasn't won, I guess, the other, well, of the big three. The, the blue diamond has eluded her. That's quite remarkable I think her dad did Bounding Away win both Diamond and Slip?
2: Bounding Away did yeah, yeah. Tommy uh, I think won a few Diamonds But and that, that Cox Plate um, Shanksy <laughs> would be one that Gay would be see, burning, see a burning hole on the mantelpiece yeah. where the Cox Plate all should be all our mob Juggler
6: definitely need one of those definitely need one. Poor
2: old more Joyous was more um, joyous, yeah. intimidated by So You Think at the 600 That's right. that year, So, Hey, yeah. Beck,
3: lovely to, to meet you, or as Maddie uh, calls you shanksy. I um, <laughs> appreciate your time. It's been a big morning. You've got to go back and see the boss now, and it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks with uh, the instructor and Alligator Blood down here in Melbourne.
6: Yeah, we've got a huge few weeks, and we've we've got a big weekend in Tasmania. We've got ah. uh, two off, two fillies on, on Friday, Friday in the uh, Bow Mistress and the Strut Stakes, both very good chances, and, and then went into the Hobart Cup on Sunday, Military Mission.
4: You're gonna to have to revisit Shanksy, Matt. Makes I don't think Gay would accept Shanksy. No. She'll
2: seem, she'll <laughs> Your sound- name is Rebecca, yes. and <laughs> that gentleman who called you Shanksy
4: that makes you sound like a character from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or something. <laughs> I just think it's an automatic one. Where have you been called Shanksy
3: before? Honestly,
6: the whole way through high school. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, no, I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: well, Rebecca, great to see you, and um, great to meet you this morning, and good luck with the the upcoming autumn carnival and down in tassie as well
6: thank you very exciting times for the team
3: yeah no doubt about that uh speaking to the two-year-olds guys uh, let's have a listen to the concluding stages of the chairman's stakes on saturday i would be interested to get your thoughts as to whether you think any of these are genuine diamond contenders led by a
1: length of VC, who's giving chase powerfully. Sarasana down the outside, winding up, and behind those horses to Sito. It's VC and Zulfacar together. Zulfacar had a kick, 100 metres to go. Three-quarters VC. Zulfacar is going well, and Zulfacar returns in grand style. VC second to Sito.
3: It was a tough win. Zolfikar. he looked gone at the at the 100. I thought VC was just going to absolutely roll straight on by, but... In the end, he was the strongest slate. Sarasana,
4: probably a little disappointing, Sharky, to my eye. Uh, A little bit, yeah. I thought she would go through the line with a bit more purpose than what she did uh, on the strength of not only her race form, but also the the trial that we've seen from her. Yeah, I expected a bit more from Sarasana on the weekend. VC was there to put Zolfakar away, I thought. Now, whether changing distance, as Clayton Douglas said before, two-year-olds, one day you've got them, the next day you don't. Maybe there's an element of that with VC, but Zolfa with the benefit of that break, uh, already a, a stakes winner, a Maribyrnong trial winner, beating a didi and had run well in a Maribyrnong plate. Yeah, he's, he's emerged, hasn't he? As a, you'd have to say, Maddie, the chairman's can produce a horse that, that runs really well in the diamond. So you'd have yeah. to say, you'd have to concede that he'd be some sort of each-way chance. i
2: kind of in two minds about this race and the two-year-olds in general. I, I gut feeling is I don't think I've seen one, you know, like the one yet, but maybe there isn't the one this season. And going into this race, I think Mar Eustace, who is the powerhouse two-year-old stable, they, unless they didn't, I, I would have thought VC would be right up there. with. So if you can knock off VC, maybe we're underestimating Zulfa Carr, on that basis, that it did knock off a, a very high-profile Ma Eustace candidate, and that's yeah. going to carry a lot of currency, doesn't it?
4: And look, maybe maybe VC wasn't as dynamic on a soft six. Yep. And maybe we can say the same, or make the same uh, comparison with Sarasana, that uh, we've seen her on top, both those horses on top of the ground with a really nice turn of forward and looking sharp and looking, you know, classy. Maybe that soft six just dulled them a little bit.
3: Yep. Yeah, I... I... I'm, I'm a bit with Matt. I haven't seen one at the moment. Hopefully this, this Saturday, with the preludes, we will. I mean, still, City's now in the $5 favourite of yeah. that Sydney form. It was $13 two weeks ago. We still don't know what's happening with King's Gambit. And you get the feeling out of the camp that maybe Barber is the number one seed for Team Godolphin that we'll see on this yeah. weekend,
4: not Zulfacar. Well, there's Charmstone as well. Yes, well, you couldn't uh, have got a bigger push from Mick Price earlier. He didn't even have to think about it, did he? Well, it's clearly their standout two-year-old, and she's a very, very good filly.
3: And the instructor who we've been talking about is flying under the radar. So, well, exactly. This Saturday will will tell us a lot more. And when we actually do know if there's any other Sydney siders that are coming down, which at this stage we're still up in the air, re King's Gambit, um, what final decision they make will play a big part as well. well.
2: That that comment from James Cummings of uh, Barber being a weapon the other day, it just ring. It rings in my ears, and I've not, I haven't seen any other weapons this year. So maybe Barber's the weapon. What do you make? Out of the meeting,
3: Shark. Otherwise, uh, it was just almost the last um, kind of stepping stone to the big races. It was. A lot of discussion about Johnny Allen's ride on Detonated Jack. Uh, The stable mate, right you are, who just had a picnic out in front. and I mean, he didn't really make any impression Detonated Jack, so I'm not sure whether, uh, you know, the ride cost him any... Real opportunity to win, and it was the way the race was run, the way the map
4: was, his racing style. Yeah, well, that's right. It's his racing style. It's a get back run on horse, and that probably cost him two starts ago uh, when the tempo was so. Well, he sprinted didn't get at home Beltoro well. In the end. No, well, he didn't. How did the market get it so wrong then? Because
2: you know, a lot of the media judges I hear now to- always talk about the market had it at this, and I'm always a bit. I'm not as convinced that the market knows all but the market had it at $1.65 we all knew what the map was we all knew where he'd be so how all of a sudden can the market be so wrong given the obvious chinks in his armour with the way the
4: race was going to pan out and how far off him he was going to be because he was uh, never
2: going to be any closer
4: No, you're right and I think the other aspect right you are as a second favourite and everything else was virtually at double figures uh, except Beltoro so the market's got it right in that regard The three in single figures have filled the first three places. Right You are never opened a field up. Mm. He seems to be a horse that finds the front, floats a little bit, gets a head down at the right time. That is his career best performance on Saturday. Yep. Now, the market, as we all say, is great at predicting things sometimes. Couldn't see that career best coming for Right You Are. So there, there's still nuances. That, you know, it's the money's not always a hundred percent. No, exactly detonator right. Jack, I think is the best horse in that race. Like, as far as it presented to him on Saturday, did, did it he didn't run, work oh, out. I, did he th- run below his ability? Yeah, though? I think he did. Well, that's probably that's probably a question for the stable, really. Uh, but the way the race, and there's Kieran Barr standing over there with a very flush hat. Actually, it's going to be it's got like a pheasant feather in the, it.
2: He's got the Amish thing happening a bit today.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's an, the feather is the feather is quite the, eye-catching. The beard isn't has it has become a bit. It has have you become noticed? a bit Quakerish.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah,
4: yeah, a bit of Pennsylvania. <laughs> sort of, sort of yeah. bit we'll, something out of there. Anyway, it's total distraction. But that yeah. feather's just caught my eye. He's
3: mm. got a few two-year-olds in this heat. We'll Shooting try and, quail we'll try and, or something. We'll try and get him after that. Hey, just quickly, uh, outside of that Benedetta, she's a, yep. a a good mare. That was a nice win yeah, as yep. well. Yeah, nice win. The best, third horse the was the
4: run in the race. That yeah. yeah, was the run in the race. Yeah, it should have won. Well, wow, we should talk about maps and, you know, positions in running. Um, Carlene Heffel again with the city winner. Hennessy Lad gets the timing right. Mood's is uh, very
2: good at giving unheralded jockeys a, a, a run and then a, a, a platform. And, and the Heff is absolutely flying at the moment, isn't it? She?
4: going so well. What do
3: you make of the ride on Daytona Bay? Was it just unlucky shark? Jamie Carr on the short-price favourite?
4: I, I thought that race was really... Tricky. If Daytona Bay was, didn't have everything go his way, it was a very wide quaddy leg, and I think we sort of spoke about that on Friday. I couldn't find Carlisle. Uh, not many did at 30 to one. It was just a messy race, a, a really messy race. Carlisle had the benefit of clear air when others didn't, and was able to, you know, have that momentum up and, and roll home. That's his second win over $20 in town this prep. Chief uh, Sahidah uh, Sands being disappointing. Sahidah Sands, not the horse he was. I think, you know, he's still a colt. Maybe they need to make that call and see if they can make a racehorse out of him because on raw ability he has got loads and loads of it, but we're just not seeing it at the moment. I thought Glory Days was interesting and
2: running two derbies overseas and, and an amazing ride by Mark Zara. Gee, he's a good jockey. Uh, just in, in that race, talk about post-script stewards stuff so you see uh, put up loan. Yeah, it was too bad to be true. Uh, I thought Mark Hunter's
3: Ramaruffi was home at the 200, three and four pence. Uh, but you. You
4: must have a bit of a rap on Glory Days, Well, He's a really nice horse. He's got some really strong international form lines. He's been second in an Irish Derby trial. He's run fifth in an Irish Derby. You know, the form is there to say that he should be winning group races out here. That's a, a good second-up run in a you know decent sort of handicap where he carries top weight. And Maddie Williams—he'll go through his grades.
3: Maddie Williams has done a really good job with Right to Arataki. Um, gets the listed win. Didn't the market
4: front, like him, front, or her, rather? Front running?
3: Ooh. Well, the way it was, after they'd gone 300 metres, you only wanted to be on right
2: there, Arataki or Rish. They just
4: dominated yeah. from the front.
2: Good to see medium to small stables. John Maloney, uh, Matty Williams um, compete well against the, the Giants.
3: Yep, there's no doubt about that. Um, we might take a quick break. On the other side of this, I want to talk about after Cabin because there's no doubt it was a highlight of the weekend. And we'll try and snaffle Kieran Maher as well as we're watching the two-year-old... Heat here uh, A little earlier, Bella Nipatina Trolled really well it did. Um, this There, one there on the might have been a bit here. of a question mark About the previous trial But uh, we'll be happy Michael Christian will be a very happy man And Kieran Maher So we'll take a break We are live here from the Cranbourne Trials After this, we'll talk about cap Cabin We'll try and get Kieran Maher as well
0: On RSN's Racing Pulse This is The Verdict aft cabin
3: is still cruising in third followed by communist williamsburg zoo tiger under a very vigorous ride looking for clear running mcdonald said go now on aft cabin and the favorite races two lengths clear zoo tiger goes to second then came communist but it's a great return to racing for aft cabin a big winner zoo tiger second communist third in front of brosnan yeah, they don't return any more impressively than that. Aft cabin would have been a big relief for the Blue Army at Godolphin And the old saying they returned brilliantly after a bleeding attack has played out again. And I don't think there's any doubt he would have won the Caulfield Guineas if he got to that race on that performance on Saturday. And Sharky, is he the best three-year-old
2: in the land? Well, to Daniel O'Sullivan's uh... ratings, He's, it was the fifth best two-year-old performance of the year. Three-year-old? Yeah. Who is better? No, that's the thing. He's, he's teasing for his column on Racing.com. But he says genuine star, so it's right up there with the top five performances. And some of the three-year-olds, you know, GigaQ beat Nature Chip, so they're very high tier. I would have thought, thought GigaQ
4: could we, be number we're one. We're
2: probably talking in the
3: 1,400 to 1,600 band for a horse like Aft Cabin, do you think? I mean, who, who do you think could beat him in a... Amelia's Jewel might have been one of them. In so. a um, Randwick Guineas.
4: Can Ossipinko
3: make up that ground?
4: (sighs) Ossipinko's a curious one. On his trials, I couldn't see him missing a place in that race. And then he snagged at the start. He's three wide and last. Eases out, makes some ground, but never really sort of uh, got to the bottom of him there, and he's run a closing fifth. He is a horse that I think is going to excel once he gets to a mile. But, yeah, I just was a little, left a little bit flat with Ossipingo on Saturday. Half cabin was great. Zoo Tiger was great. Brosnan closed off really well. Uh, but you, 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 what, the winner was the it was the standout by a, a street. It's hard to say that there was a better run in the race than him. There wasn't. Well,
2: you look at the market for the round with Guineas and it tells you how
4: how he's going to dominate if he stays on four legs. Wasn't he... Well he break. may stay on four legs. He just it's the it's his lungs that might be Yeah. Well he's
2: any, didn't he win really impressively on a wet track at Sandy? Well he hasn't he ticked the wet track box? Of course he's ticked he, the wet
4: track he, box. Remember the
2: prelude. That was in that horrendous yeah. run race. And that was impressive. so if it gets wet up there, he's a dollar eighty, Aussie Penko, Golden Miles, just a handy three year old. He's coming to Melbourne for right. the they're gonna split their two three year olds. Peer, sharp and smart, he got rolled on a heavy ten the other day in New Zealand. Yellow brick, Zoo Tiger. If he's, as you say, Shark, if he uh, physically holds up, well, unless something comes out of the woodwork, like a weekend hustler sideways out of the woodwork, then he just canters through, doesn't he?
4: And it's the risk, isn't it, with bleeders? You know, once they bleed... There is that tendency we that did, it happens again.
2: I, I did have um,
3: uh, Ben Mason, who's the vet, come on after that situation, and he said it was the most minuscule little trickle that you've seen. He said that there would have been a lot of occasions where that probably yep. would have normally slipped through the cracks, but James Cummings is uh, so strong on integrity, transparency, they self-reported it. Yeah. He said many a times that would have continued without anyone even batting an eyelid but it was credit to James Cummings they've given him time it may end up becoming a blessing in disguise because he had a bigger break over the spring period and he he might have come back bigger and better
4: while the others were still running through those major three-year-old races and you hear Clayton Douglas talk about a similar context uh giga kick do we push onto the diamond no let's be patient let's give the horse a chance to you know develop and they're rewarded and the
2: problem with you know, it was interesting listening to the harness guys the other night on the internet, on the uh, Hunter Cup coverage talk about there's three million dollar races in harness racing and two of them are run on the same night for for equal, so the splitting of divisions and it's a shame that the Australian Guineas and the Ramwick Guineas are run on the same day because, yeah, I'm not saying Jack and I will go there, but the, these loose horses like Legato, for instance, coming to Melbourne, Bankmore's an Improver, something that might flesh out the rivalry for aft Cabin if so, you've got a a fairly thin division, a three-year-old split in half in the, in the guineas races, and then you get a dominant one like Alf Cabin, who d- it doesn't even have to be any good to waltz through, right through to the round with guineas. So, yeah. it's we, a bit, if, when you're thin on the ground, it, it looks extra thin when you've got two guineas running on the same day. He's $1. mm-hmm. $1.80 in the round with
3: guineas, and would you go to the Doncaster after that, Sharky? I think
4: you have to with him, yeah. don't you? It's the time to do it. Unless he I mean, We so hear good. about Jack and I going off to oars and Futurities, and I think it's a it's the it's the season we see the three-year-olds tested it against the older horses, and the a, a Doncaster is a great opportunity to do that. Uh, did we
3: get any clearer picture of the two-year-olds in Sydney on Saturday? Was that the B team?
4: Yeah, I don't think there was a golden super player in that in that race up there. Won by uh, Madeira Sunrise, which was a nice win. I had the better of Sicilian, and they uh, first, second, third cleared out a bit from the rest, but five-horse race, yeah. Me.
3: SMS is coming through here. Hey, don't forget Amelia's Jewel. Amelia's Jewel is the best three-year-old in the land. Uh, don't forget Jack O spanked aft cabin uh, up there in the Golden uh, Eagle. And then um, Amelia's Jewel measured up in the north of the White Parade and left them for dust. She is aft cabin well and truly covered. Well, sadly, we won't get to see her in the eastern states. So she's going to stay in WA. Um, is she heading to the
2: Quokka? She's a quokka, and then in the spring she's going to run in Melbourne and then go to Sydney.
4: Do you want to go to the quokka? I just feel like a race called the quokka, we need to have some sort of presence.
2: Yeah, I think we need to be present at the quokka.
4: Are they going to have giant... Quacker clad mascot I want to see, yeah, see, like, see the mascot. you got to have. If you're calling a race a quacker, you better see, have some fun with it. I want to see the trophy. I want to see the quacker. Like a gold. Do you think it'll be a golden quacker with a big grin? You know how they're famous for their smile. Yeah. Big yeah. grinning golden quacker. Yeah, and no, I think there might be something like that. Happening. Has to be, doesn't well, it? That's enough. If you've interested me. That'll do me. Alright. Uh, well, uh, you cor- talked to, talk to Bensley and Co. And we'll get one it horse who's
3: definitely going to the Quaker is Bella Nipitina after her good trial here this morning. And she's been locked in, I think, Ladbrokes have um, secured um, Bella Nipotina. So she'll be either first up in the Lightning or the Oakley Plate. And then the main aim is the Group 1 William Reed as well. All right. Um, we are live from the Cranbourne Trials. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about a few issues after the breakdown and where has dominated. Um, the headlines because uh, his full year suspension comes to an end. He is able to reapply for his licence. What is the stance of Racing Victoria? Are there more charges pending? We'll talk about it after this.
0: On RSN's Racing Pulse, this is The Verdict.
2: Captain Ravishing into the straight, 25 meters to. He's a son of a gun. Invitation only. Celestio Matuka. Harania's running on, but he's a real star, and he's back tonight with a big 2023 in front of him. And Captain Ravishing wins by 20 meters. He's a son of a gun. Has run second, interest free, third, photo fourth.
3: Well, I think he started about a dollar oh four, and he won like a dollar oh four. Pop Captain Ravishing, he is the excitement machine of the Australian harness scene. It, it was the AG Hunter Cup night on Saturday, but Captain Ravishing, I think, stole all the headlines. Honolulu Bay winning the Hunter Cup, which is Victoria's premier harness race. But Maddie, uh, I know Dan Malecki's been on the bandwagon, and he's he's pulled you in as well as one of the cheerleaders of Captain Ravish, and you said he's got to do it. This is only a... Yeah. I mean, that was only a second-tier race. He hasn't got to the... If he can do that in a race like the, the Miracle Mile, then we can talk about that. But it's great for Harness on the biggest stage, which was telecast and racing.com, free to air on Saturday night to have a an excitement machine like that.
2: Yeah, he's, uh, he goes so fast, it's like he's pacing downhill. He almost... Honestly, gets a, it's almost like he gets ahead of himself, and he, for that reason, he... He kind of looks weirdly vulnerable because he... Yeah, he, he's almost like he overpaces, but that's just how fast he is. But they do get ahead of themselves, the trots people. They, they They do like to brand the next big thing and talk about horses transcending harness racing and things like that, which doesn't often happen, as we know. But this is the one with the ingredients because he's just so... Damn fast and so exciting and but he's got to stretch it out and he's got to win a lot of Group One races before he gets anywhere near. Uh, that's where they do put the cart before the horse sometimes.
4: So is that a Group 1?
2: Nah. Uh, Miracle Mile, he's the chariots of fire is next. Bang, against his own age, and then Miracle Mile, where you you really want you, you want him absolutely tested. You want to see him do a Christian Cullen and win by twenty metres and then but then you want to see him keep going and going and going. A lot of them fall by the way. So Lock and Varart won in America overnight, first up over there in 150. Yeah, I saw that. That was yeah. great to see. Yeah, fell in, mind you. I uh, don't know what he was up against, but I, I remember the conversation we had with Emma Stewart a, a while back about I think what would really excite me uh, and others, I think, is if she takes a squad of her elite paces to America. And then, you know, they, they are American-style horses. They're fast. They keep running. Um, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin haven't haven't branched out of Victoria that much, they dominate those sort of breeders crown and all those sort of races and they're super hard to beat but if she took a squad of say 7 or 8 horses to America led by Captain Ravishing and she's got a heap of unbelievable horses and then go there for a season and see if they can beat the super horses of America that's when it'll transcend harness racing the story, at the moment I don't really think it does, to be honest, but if something like that happens and Captain Ravishing goes over and runs a 147 at the Meadowlands beating a champion, then then it's a big story.
4: So I wouldn't even pretend to have a passing interest in harness racing, but is an American circuit, is that is that the go-to? Is that the, I guess, Royal Ascot yep. of, of the sport? They're the,
2: the, they're the, the pay, in a pacing sense, because trotting is huge in Scandinavia and France and those places. Pacing is what you know. I remember Nyatros and Nihilator. They were, and they were running ten seconds faster than us, and now we're catching up. So, um, yeah, like if um, if Captain Ravishing can lead a squad to places like the Meadowlands and all that sort of stuff, and and knock off these amazing American pacers, who are the best pacers in the world, we've sent horses over there before. Who, I remember. Um, Old mate, uh, what was his name with a good name? Uh, the New Zealand champion. Uh, I'll think of him in a minute. But he went over there and and was competitive without being uh, a champion. But he was a, certainly a champion here. So uh, no, I think that's the that, that that's the level. I think yeah. where it'll transcend harness racing yeah. is if they can uh, go to where it's big and, and and dominate with a super squad. And, and really, it only think? has
4: to sort of transcend marginally, doesn't it, into people that like thoroughbred racing and things like that that don't follow it. And it's it's just yep. had some reach. Um, what did you make of this
3: article inside back page of the Herald Sun? Off to the races, demons wanting to have their headquarters inside the Caulfield race course Maddie. Oh, yeah. It seems very speculative. Something
2: which well, they haven't spoken to the Melbourne Are Racing Club. Be a bit club? surprised if they get that no I'd, up and running. I right? had a look through and didn't see any comment from the 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 the, the, the club that uh, has the space. So uh, yeah. No, well, it just seemed like one of those a kite. they flying a kite
3: uh, this morning on RSN. Throughout the morning, we've been running a Twitter poll on uh, Darren Weir whether he should be. You know what? Let's. We might park that conversation till after ten o'clock because here comes Kieran Marr. We can get an update on Kieran Marr's uh, good horses here today and the hat. <laughs> <laughs> morning, Kieran. How are you? Great, thanks. How are you? Very well indeed. Uh, spring in your step with some of these nice horses uh, in action today. and You'd have been wrapped. First of all, gold trip, chased hope per Sam. but gee, he looked good, didn't he, in the first trial? Yeah, that trial was a bit like uh,
1: right you are and detonated, Jack. One was cantering in front and uh, the yep. other one had to do a bit of work, but uh, now, nah, very happy with the gold trip. Um, especially a bit of cut in the track this morning, bit of weather around was ideal. Uh, I said to Mark to give him a nice squeeze and uh, he only cantered around here last week, didn't do much, so... Uh, He was very happy with him today, so the Peter Young might be an option for him. Mm. And then the Australian Cup? Possibly. uh, Again, just monitor tracks. um, His three main sort of targets. Australia Cup would be one. um, But I thought the BMW, or the Tankred, I think they call it now, and maybe the Sydney Cup or the uh, Queen Elizabeth, just depending on uh, what weight. What weight he gets? Can he become a weight for age horse, Do you think? I think so. Yeah. Um, he's uh, you know, like he's very good at that mile and a half plus, obviously. Um, but you know, he was a very good run in the Cox Plate yeah. with the shades on.
2: Um, he's still got that option up his sleeve. Hey, just because you brought up uh, the right you are detonator Jackson area, the stewards had. Johnny Allen in after Detonator Jack. What did you make of the the way it all unfolded? I know he was a dollar sixty-five favourite, but he's a bit of a one-trick pony in a sense, isn't he? That that's his style. What did you make of that whole scenario with Detonator Jack?
0: Uh,
1: yeah, I think there was a scratching on the day. More speed come out. Uh, the race didn't map good for him at all. Uh, the
2: market didn't react to that change scenario, though, did it? Really?
1: No. Well, like it. Obviously, he's a high-quality horse, and similar to his last run, like uh, they just cantered in front. And it's near mathematically impossible to pick them up um, when they go that slow. Um, so maybe they should have had the jockeys that were in front uh, in <laughs> in the room. But John Allen couldn't,
2: couldn't, ad- couldn't change his style, really, could he? Well, given how slow they went, you know, yeah. maybe
1: he could have. But, yeah, okay. um, uh, yeah you're like, you know... <laughs> You might inject a... You know, you've seen it plenty of times before when the favourite goes forward, you know, you do inject a lot of speed into the race. But, you know, if you had your time again, I'm sure Johnny Allen, if he had his time again, uh, would roll forward if they knew they were going to go that
4: slow. Your team, obviously, analysing races, Sydney, Melbourne, they seem to go in those races from, let's call it, 1,600 to a staying trip in Victoria. We, we tend to go a lot slower in Sydney. That seems to be a bit of a perception amongst the punning public. Is that something your team's notice as well? Slow in Melbourne. Slow in Melbourne, sorry. Yeah, the tempo in Melbourne slower.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it is... Um, we, we probably need a few more Gay Waterhouse runners down yeah. here <laughs> to, to inject some speed, but... Um, um, yeah, I would say, especially in those smaller fields, um, you know, they they, they are becoming a bit, a bit a bit of a dawdle
4: early. So does Detonator become a candidate then to perhaps switch and go to Sydney if if we can find some races suitable for him what? over a distance to try and chase that tempo?
1: Possibly, but I think you know if he drew a gate too, you yeah. you'd probably you probably land there as well. But he's just you know he's had a couple of wide gates. He's he's gone back. Uh, whilst it's very frustrating like I think his second last run rated probably the, his best run ever um, but just I suppose that reflected probably into his price on Saturday um, but yeah all those options are on the table yeah. Were you happy with VC or were you disappointed the last hundred? Yeah obviously I would have been more happy if he yeah. won. <laughs> yeah. um, capitalists on wet tracks have got a terrible record um you see over the last 12 months they weren't really there and as soon as the track dries up they'll start winning again uh, they're they're quick horses they're strong they've got little sharp actions and um uh he's not your typical capitalist and saying that he's a big strong beast of a horse but um i just felt you know when he tracked into the race he looked super and then as soon as he started to come off the bridle just in those little bit shiftier ground uh he wasn't as effective. But uh, as I said, big strong colt. He'll be
2: ready to rock for the Diamond. Hey, um, just on Hitotsu, a very, you know, really sad news. Of course, with him, is he completely out of the woods? What's what's the latest with him? I know he's not going to race again. Where's where's he at? Ah, uh, yeah, he's good. He had a good report. Um, he had
1: he had a um, infected leg and um, just sort of played on and uh, end up having a procedure on it. But uh, yeah, all very good at the moment. Uh, whilst it's um disappointing racing wise uh you know he 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 could go on to the next level you know he's a very exciting horse by by one of the most exciting stallions um in maurice um so yeah, I would have loved to have him
3: uh, rolling around the autumn. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's that's where he's at. Thank mm. you. Kieran Killingata looked outstanding this morning. Uh, there's a few others I want to ask you about. We've got to go to the 10 o'clock news. Can you hang around for another minute? Yep. We'll get you on the other side of this. Uh, Kieran Maher, champion trainer with us live from Cranbourne. More after the news.
0: opinion on the line. It's the verdict. Great to
3: have your company too. Matty Stewart, Mick Sharkey we're joined by champion trainer Kieran Mar live from the trials at Cranbourne and uh, Kieran we saw Cool and Gadda a little earlier and uh, gee she looked good. Really good in that little hit out.
1: Yeah absolutely wrapped with her um she was still pretty slight last time around and um was huge but um has definitely furnished. Um, looks fantastic. Carries a lot more condition, and um, two trials have been super. Like I think she's probably going better than ever.
2: Could she? I don't know where she's going, but it seems like someone's got to throw something at Nature Strip in the Lightning. It's got a bit of a tail that race, and he's a an older horse now. Are you? Whether it's Cool and Gatter or something else, you can have a crack at him with something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cool and Gatter, I think definitely she's got a super record at the thousand. Well that's her best distance so far. Um, and maybe Bella we will just have a look at conditions and and uh, how she is, but maybe those two. Should be her time. Shouldn't it?
3: Just here. You happy with that? Oh, whatever says <laughs> um, she she won her trial here today as well. She's obviously all roads lead to the Mooney Valley for Bella Nippetina, the William Roo
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, she's got a super record there. Um, you know, whether it's the Lightning, whether it's the Oakley, uh, the, her aim is the is the Reed, and um, and then over to the Quaker.
3: Yeah, and would you take Cool and to the Valley as well, or depending on how she goes in the Lightning, whether she goes to a new market?
1: Uh, yeah, the both are. You would think she's better around the bend. Obviously, yeah. she's she's run very well at the Valley. Um, so yeah, the Valley would be an option for her as well. I think uh, what's that? running this weekend in Sydney in the group two and uh, I thought the uh, new market would be an ideal race for her.
2: You got a little team going to
1: Tassie? Well right you are. He's he's, uh, nearly nearly got his bags packed I think after that performance and uh, maybe Waheen Tower seems to have jumped out of the ground. Uh, I said to Colin McKenna the other day it's unbelievable how I got her to go so slow last prep, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I think just the firmer surfaces, um, she's in great order, and um, she'd probably be a further, but she's going well as well. Are
3: you going to run Nugget in the C4 on Saturday?
1: Yeah, Nugget, definitely be in the C4. Um, I thought the all-star mile, you know, obviously you'd have to perform well, but we've you know those residual fitness horses going into those wait for age 14s early in the preps like uh, snap dancer did you know they've got a good record so he's a progressive horse uh, obviously a big step up but um I-, I think he's you know he should be pretty competitive Let's see
4: he's an interesting horse isn't he nugget because he came with a relatively low rating and you were able to pick a few off and get that listed win at the end of the prep but Where do you see him developing? What sort of style of horse is he in years to come? Yeah, it's
1: perfectly picked out by uh, the Australian Bloodstock team. They find a few (laughs) of those
4: low, sneaky
1: ones, don't they? Oh, fantastic, yeah, because, you know, a lot of the enjoyment and ownership is, you know, you buy those well-credentialed horses. If they win one race a year, um, you're doing well. Um, But when you get them in that right... Ratings, you know, you have a lot of fun on the way getting there, like like Nugget's done. So, um, yeah, he's done very well. I think he's very progressive, uh, good, strong horse. You know, he sort of looks like it, you know, he's got enough strength and, and a bit about him. He's got the right racing style. Uh, he just really suits well here.
4: Doncaster, sort of style the horse, Epsom style the horse in the spring.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he's better on top of the ground. Yeah. Um, who knows what the weather will do, but uh, yeah, all those races are ideal for him.
3: You've got the favourite for the Blue Diamond. We were talking about VC, but Steel City's been $16 a $5 uh, since its last run in Sydney. Have you got her as your number one seed?
1: Uh, I would say. Um, some people call me he's a big, uh, yeah, a big raw colt that sort of didn't know how to put it, put the race away the other day. So he'll be there as well. He might run on Saturday. Best, um,
2: best named two-year-old too. Some people.
1: Some call people me. call me. <laughs> you can give a rendition if you like. <laughs> uh, He's a space cowboy, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but Steel City, yeah, she's run into two very smart horses. Uh, we've always had a lot of time for her, um, and um, yeah, she's she will super again. Um, she's down here now, and uh, we'll. I might just toy with some uh, headgear on her, uh, some blinkers. Um, I thought she just could have lacked a little bit of focus late, even though it was a super run. Uh, might be just that little, little tweak she needs.
3: Have you got a jockey locked in for the diamond?
1: Not yet. Might be any shortage. No, no, there was a few, a few having a chat to me this morning with big,
3: big eyes on them.
2: <laughs> Todd, Todd Belfort told me the other week, he, he spun one around for and he said, oh gee, it was a jet. I said, this is your jet, Kieran. And then he, he sort of realised that he'd been out of the saddle for a while and was a bit rusty and maybe his judgement was off and he thought, Kieran has got a squadron of jets as well. Do you remember the one that Belfort gave you the nod for?
1: No, I can't <laughs> see, remember. It.
2: <laughs> it's not a jet; it's a Volkswagen, Tony. <laughs> uh, one off the SMS. Ruthless Dame was
3: enormous first up on Australia Day. Huge. Um, come back really well.
1: she's going to head to the surround. Um, obviously, massive step up there, but well, she was she was probably unlucky not to win. Yeah. Not unlucky, but yeah, she she wasn't much between them. And do we see uh, the fortune teller this weekend or anytime soon? fortune teller calico jack will be in the autumn stakes um fortune teller he's strengthened um and yeah looks like he's made the necessary step um calico jack's just in good form gelding uh also juice a is going to go to the kevin hayes i reckon she's come up really well uh also how are your frequent flies going frequent files are good yeah shot back from sydney last night and uh uh, yeah, I've got a place up there now in Marubra. So um, uh, it part of the Bra
2: Boys. Yeah, it, yeah. Don't, don't get in their way.
1: <laughs> Just wondering which tat I've got to get. No, audit, do not get in their way. You
2: know who? Um, oh, one of the, the trainer who. Uh, just gave it away up at Kyneton. He was—he used to surf with the Bra Boys. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't, don't get in their way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgie Osborne used to surf with the Bra Boys. Did he? Mate, the, you don't get in their way, you just never get seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran and I have him in horses, don't <laughs> <laughs> I? Mean, Scarlet Pimpernel, Kieran. He, just, he can pop up Scarlet anywhere. Pimpernel. You never know where All well, well, the feather you're in never, the hats is oh, a pheasant well, pheasant feather, feather in his hat Someone suggested Amish Farmer was the look that you're going with today, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, they, they, they've got a few dollars. Those arms. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. I, I don't think you much. could. I don't think you could lead the Amish life, Kieran. It's no like a life of restraint. Just just <laughs> horses and carts. That could and be me. Plows, that could be you. Plows, yeah, plows,
3: exactly. Plows.
2: Yeah. Uh, one last
3: one before I let you go. I am me. Um, where do we see it next? Oakley Plate. Oakley Plate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I
1: think. Baraby. Uh, possibly. Yep. Yeah. Um, I am me. Yeah carries a lot of, Bob well, she's flying yeah. um, and it's going to get him no weight uh, she'll trial here next week at Cranbourne um, and Marabi's making really nice improvement um, obviously winning that race she'll get a lot more weight um, it's tough to do history would say, but uh, certainly coming up well
2: Hey, just been texting, i uh, uh, totally totally unrelated Bradbury Willis relocated, he's in Sydney now, there oh. you go. There you go. Hey,
3: Kieran, good to see you, mate. Um, looking forward to a, an exciting few weeks.
1: No, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. We got a nice group of horses, and uh, hopefully, I'm talking to you a few more times. You're going to unveil a few more hats. Yeah, yeah, probably will. Um, oh, I like it. Must be a
2: paid gig, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's the it's the drafter. That's it, Thomas Cook. Yeah.
3: They, Thomas Cook. Did they yeah. make him big enough for Matt's head? Thomas Cook, Sweet. I think we might be
1: partnering with them shortly. There you go.
2: <laughs> oh, is that right? It's always
1: an angle. Uh, get on here. This,
2: this horse truck brought to you by Thomas Cook. <laughs>
3: uh, Kieran Ma joining us. Uh, appreciate your time. We'll take a little quick break. We'll come back, wrap things up. We want to talk about the Darren Weir situation, then we'll say goodbye on The Verdict.
0: On RSN's Racing Pulse, this is The Verdict.
3: Welcome back to The Verdict. Uh, we've got the fast form coming up for Wodonga in a moment. We'll get the post-mortem from David Gately as well. But, uh, Maddie and Sharkey, it's been uh, spoken about a lot in recent times. But as of tomorrow, Darren Weir is able to return to Victorian racetracks, not as a trainer, but he has served his four-year penalty and will be allowed to return to racetracks. Now, this is within the background The shadow of further charges most likely to be administered uh, or given by Racing Victoria. There's an interesting article Adam Pangeli in The Age today has said that uh, the Age has seen documents um, seen by The Herald and The Age that Racing Victoria says one of three additions to its suitability uh, policy when assessing a person's prior record would specifically include the applicant's past conduct in relation to any matter related to animal welfare now regardless of any other charges that may be pending um there is that suitability clause about wanting to get your license back and if they are adding this specific line into that clause
2: it would pretty much does it doesn't it well and it was added in november 2022 so it's it, it's it's almost like the industry regulator is building a wall that darren weir can't crash through so that's the way i read it uh well, I have got a statement here from Rosa Victoria that just popped in. Uh, As communicated publicly in December, the stewards uh, reactivated their existing inquiry into the conduct of Mr Weir, McLean, Kerman and Hernan after further evidence was presented in open court on the 14th of December 2022. The process remains ongoing. We don't intend to provide a running commentary uh, on whether Mr Weir is seeking to be re or not. Uh, and if and when an application is made by a disqualified person seeking to be relicensed, it will be subjected to the normal licens- licensing process. So RV is not um, doing a running commentary, but it just seems obvious. And I've, I've got mixed feelings about it, I've got to say. I understand the reasons not, but I, I also um, feel for Darren Weir to a degree in this situation yeah. as well. Um I just don't think it's going to happen I think they've made they're doing everything they can and I'm not saying they sh- shouldn't but it seems as though the reopening of the investigation the the change to the clause in the um, in the policy in November it, it just seems like there are they're roadblocks yeah and yeah. They,
4: they seem to be growing yeah no A- doubt.
3: and and from all reports there we does have some very high profile supporters um, yeah. as well that are willing to help him return if he did get licensed. Terry Henderson was on this morning with the boys saying that he is one that would support him if he does come back. But it does seem to me that it is going to be a bridge too far. And and I think we're in a heightened time for social license in regards to racing and what the public perception is of the sport. And I think that is weighing very heavily on administrators' minds and those that make those decisions. That is the negative, um, too big a negative, Publicly, outside of the racing bubble to allow
2: Darren Weir to return? I think some of those big owners that said they would support Darren Weir's return, those comments were made before the Warrnambool Magistrates Court evidence was given. And I heard Terry Henderson this morning. I thought he was a little bit uh, open-ended about that, to be honest. I don't think he reiterated a an absolute commitment. Um, so... Uh, it saddens me because um, you know I know we all know the weird story and if, as you say if you if you're, if you're condemned by the worst thing you've done and it wipes out your whole life story like there's so many elements of his story that are quite remarkable But yeah. they're all going to get wiped wiped out by this one thing I think so as far as racial Victoria is concerned there's been
3: no uh, firm um, they comment won't say. as to. If
2: further charges are likely to occur, that investigation yep. is continuing, oh, and they won't do a commentary on whether yep. or not he's made a, rea- a, a license application. Yep. So, uh, Matty, you got a big V, a big V coming no. up? No, no, I'm not doing it today. Oh no, you've, you've pulled out. Not a V man. No, I can't get there.
3: You could get there from now. You'd be right. I don't take an hour to get in. I'll, yeah. I'll keep this up, and you can keep going from here. Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, going for,
2: I'm, I'm going for a swim.
3: <laughs> uh, so Maddie Nevitt has yep. a big V coming up. Just before we move on, um, I think Mickey Comerford might be there. we would be running a, a Twitter poll on the Darren Weir situation. Mick, what's the, the current number in regards to that Twitter poll?
6: Yeah, morning, boys. Thanks for having me. Uh, so the poll, I'll read out the poll. It was, would you like to see Darren Weir return to the racing industry? Now, currently, there is a swing for no, 54.7% of... The public have said no, and 45.3. So it's a very polarising argument and a lot closer than I thought it would be. Yeah,
2: I've got to say that's closer than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, All right, that poll will be kept
3: up throughout the day. Uh, Good on you, Mick, and we'll have the the final result on tomorrow's program. Matt Welsh will join us tomorrow. It'll be great to get Matty Welsh in the studio because it is all about the build-up to the All-Star Mile. We'll talk about proposed spring changes as well. But the voting for the All-Star Mile opened this morning at 7 o'clock. There is a big um, press call at Federation Square. Andrew Bensley will be out there speaking with the stars, including... Uh, Jamie Carr, who'll be out there as well. Uh, Just a a couple of highlights from the All-Star model. We'll talk more about this tomorrow, that the voting this year closes a fortnight later so that horses get more of a chance to get voted into the race, which I think is a good move uh, during that extended period. Now, there's a few SMSs that have come through here because if you vote, you go in the running to win some huge prizes huge prize money but in South Australia South Australian residents are not eligible because the South Australian government has not allowed um, the um, uh, South Australia to partake in this so, why well I, I think this is something we can maybe look a bit more closely into it seems the bizarre. South Australian government have what, taken a very why were they dim, they've taken a very dim view of anything that is connected to gambling
2: connected to racing. So at the moment... South Australia runs horse racing the South Australian Government is aware that horse racing exists in their state. Well maybe then well <laughs> I don't know how much support the South
3: Australian Government gives the local racing at the moment as wow. well. So if you're wondering why you're a South Australian resident you can vote but sadly unfortunately uh, because of the Government not allowing
2: uh, the the permission, the permit for you to win, well, you cannot win anything. I might try and get Vaughan Lynch, the new CEO of uh, Racing SA, on the verdict, uh, the big V, tomorrow. It does seem a bizarre situation. In previous Wait. years, in previous years, South Australian
3: residents have been eligible, but for some reason uh, the government has changed its mind over in South Australia. trivial little angle yep, about yeah, our horses. It's exactly. so
2: ridiculous.
3: Um, so, I mean, you, I don't think you can have uh, the corporate bookmakers over there. You can get your bonus bets in South Australia because they've cut that out as well. So there is certainly a push from the South Australian Government to have anything that they perceive to be connected to racing and gambling made
2: more difficult. It's, it's just a vote. It's a public vote. You're not having a bet. You know, like how bizarre.
4: Anyway, we'll try and get well, on top of that one. In the, look at the UK. What's going on there at the moment?
2: Well, you know, some racing that you can I, I, afford well, to bet. Well, I'll tell you, you know, even though the South Australian thing seems ridiculous, racing has to be so vigilant to these walls closing in about gambling, advertising, and promotion of gambling. Even though we're fueled by it, it is it's not going away, and it's only going to get more intense. So they want to be ahead of it. Maddie, uh, enjoy your swim. We'll see you tomorrow. Righto. See
3: you, uh, Sharky, uh, you go be ready for another egg and bacon roll by now. Oh,
4: maybe. Could fit one in.
3: Uh, I'll see you Friday. We will see you on Friday. Good on you, Sharknado. uh It's been a great morning out here as well, so we will still be here, or I will still be here for another hour, so I'll keep you up to date with the latest trials. So there's another heap of the two-year-olds which is going on right now, but